Hey, this is the Bridging Realities Podcast with your hosts, Danielle Polgar and Eugenia Crock. Bridging the esoteric and the practical concepts of astrology into everyday life. We're happy you're hanging out with us and we hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bridging Realities. I'm Danny here with my lovely lady, Eugenia. Oh, hi. Hi, Danny. Hey, almost as if we haven't been talking for the past hour. What's <laughs> up? <laughs> yeah, no, we, we had to sit down and discuss the future of the podcast. You know, right? that was fun. That's been fun. Now we're shifting gears to talking to our listeners. Yeah. Hey, everybody. How's everybody doing in this very interesting time in our lives with this um, upcoming election? Dare I say it? <laughs> Oh my. Yeah. Who watched the election uh, debate, the presidential debate, excuse me. I sure did. I mean, I did too. It's kind of cool. I was, I didn't, I guess I didn't even know it was happening. I'm one of those ignorant people. And now because of technology, I was just online cooking when I got home and now I have the internet at home so I can actually watch things. And I got a notification that said, watch the presidential debate live and I just clicked the link and I watched it I don't even know how how that happened but that was kind of cool to to be able to have access to that and I guess yeah I don't have a television so thank god for the internet Mm -hmm. because I was able to watch it and Mm -hmm. I wasn't planning on it initially but I just kind of thought like why would I want to miss this historical event Mm -hmm. in a way you know Mm -hmm. because it's so bizarre (laughs) what's happening in the world how did we get here people (laughs) Did we let this happen? And, and, and at the same time, I mean, I guess it's just perfect because that's just how it's going down. Yeah. You know? It's so. going to take something like this for right. change. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to mention, you know, I think w- it's so interesting because what we talk about on this podcast so often has to do with us talking about a shift that's occurring. I would say most astrologers agree there's a shift occurring people in the spiritual community do. Uh, but what's really interesting. So I was, when Danny and I were speaking before, I, I mentioned that I'm a, I'm a fairly bipartisan person. And in fact, when I went to watch the debate, I don't necessarily have my mind made up, which might make some of you want to throw tomatoes in my face, but I, I don't, I, I see both sides. I'm pretty split. I think they're both kind of not great. So I'm not thrilled about either of them. And so I was watching the news coverage of all of this and it felt a little bit, um, it didn't feel like a full coverage. And so I went on and I tried to find a conservative streaming media source. And I found this media source. I don't even know if I want to mention what it was, but it's a very extreme, I wouldn't call it conservative and I wouldn't call it liberal. I would call it an extreme news source of individuals who very much want Trump to win and very much don't want Hillary to win. And the images that they had up were her looking like this satanic devilish woman and and Trump like this strong brute. Uh, it was it was just interesting. But I watched it because I really wanted to I want to see all sides of the story. I want to see how how we got here. So how did we get here from the liberals perspective? How did we get here from a conservative perspective? And then how did we get here from the people in the middle, the libertarians, the green parties and so on. And what was so interesting to me about watching this is they're saying the same exact thing that we're saying on this podcast. 
They're saying mm-hmm. there's a shift happening. It needs to happen that the world is broken, that we need an extreme change. They even have a whole line of supplements. So they have probiotics and, and they were saying because of the brainwashed culture that we're living in, we've all been poisoned. Our food has been poisoned. So buy our herbs, buy our this and our that. And it was just so interesting because most of my friends feel the same way that like the, the soil has been poisoned. We've been fed garbage and we all take herbs and we all like to live this natural life. And they were saying the exact same thing as people I hear in the spiritual community who who probably aren't going to vote for Trump. And what it made me think about and why I want to bring this up in the podcast is that everyone's fucking scared. Everyone. And everyone wants change. Everyone. And the people who want Trump to win want him to win because he's not a politician. They're, they they are they were happy when he said he was he didn't pay his federal taxes because they think the the system is flawed, and then you've got the Hillary camp or the liberal camp or the other camp saying the opposite, but it's all for the same purpose. And I I want to just mention that because I was watching exactly how I feel, but through a different lens, and. At the end of the day, humans are all going through the same experience. It doesn't matter which side of the fence you're on in this in this political environment. I just wanted to say something like that. So Yeah, I mean, it doesn't because it's just a matter of perspective. If you're standing uh, yeah. on the other side of the fence, you're looking at life from a totally different viewpoint. And that's really what we're looking at when we see these two candidates up there is this, like, interesting, like, look at, wow, this is how split and div- divided we are as a culture, um, and how, you know, this is reflecting our own inner conflict with where we're at in this place of transition. And I think what even, you know, these, uh, newscasters, media people are speaking to is Pluto and Capricorn Mm -hmm. and, um, the fundamental changes that need to take place in order for us to evolve to the next stage of consciousness. And of course, how that plays a role in who we're going to be in the world as a country and, just really as a species, you know, um, being, being here and how we relate to the planet. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, we're witnessing that happening right before our eyes and Pluto, when it works through it's a sign is like change or die. That's it. Like there's no alternative. It's just change. Mm -hmm. And you can go kicking or screaming as Tom Brady once told me, or you can surrender to the, pro- to the process and say, okay, I'm willing to do this. And it makes it so much easier. And, and you can see that struggle too with people and uh, the, the just desire to hold on to the old way of doing things and um, the and fear of the unknown of what's going to come. And from it's that. on both sides because you've of got course. half the people terrified that Trump will be president because he's not presidential. Right. Um, and that's like oh my God, we can't have somebody running an office who's not presidential. We can't let go of what that looks like and the PC-ness and the, 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 
the kind of the lies, you know, the, 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 the Bill Clinton, you know, the, the shake, you know, the hand with the thumb down, no pointing, you know, the very presidential thing that Clinton really is. You've got half people saying, if we don't have that, we're going to die as a species. If we don't have this very, what we see as a political figure running our country. And then you have the other half of the species who are saying, if, if she does win, then we're going to die because it doesn't work anymore. It's broken. We need somebody who says it like it is. We need someone who's not PC. We need someone who says, who, who's, who is speaking of these ideas of there is no global warming. This is all conspiracy. You know, she created ISIS and, you know, if she wins in the world, then we're all going to die. And so it's the same exact fear. It's both parties are scared of change. Like, equally. And both parties want herbs and both parties realize that something's broken. And so, right, Pluto through Capricorn is change or die. And it's going to happen for both parties. I mean, what, what well, it's we, happening for the whole, the I mean, whole if system, you think of the, the whole, whole system, world. Capricorn is institutions, government, schools, education, marriage, you know, all the things that are like fundamental ruled by Saturn. You know, when you think of structures of things, how things are set up, like all of that is changing right now, the economy. And, um, yeah, I, I think that there's just this tremendous fear about like, well, what's on the other side of this and the beauty of course in it is in saying like, well, we don't know, but, um, we know it'll be a rebirth into something new. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I think that it's really valid that people feel, feel afraid. I mean, I'm, I have to speak from my own experience of watching someone like Donald Trump up there interrupting. And I'm like, wow, like this guy has no idea how to communicate as a human being. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm concerned for the world at large, if this is somebody who's going to be, you know, a powerful leader in our world who doesn't even know how to stop talking when it's not his turn to talk like a very basic thing like that. And so, you know, there, there are some issues. I mean, there's, it goes so deep. It's like looking through like this, you know, vortex or whatever, when looking at all of the things that they are showing up to the podium with, right. You know, kind of like political views, all of that, but it's so much more. So, Anyways, all of that said, it's going to be interesting, and we speak to this because today's episode is about hmm. Pluto um, and its visit through Scorpio, and we have a guest in our episode who um, was born during that generation, and so we kind of tease that apart a little bit to ex- explore what that looks like, how that feels, um, and the implications of that as a generation evolving through life you know, in, in this day and age. So we hope right. people enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, And and just to keep into consideration, when Pluto was moving through Scorpio, what those children were seeing in the collective culture was, um, in some cases, dark-ish. We had the school shootings and we had 9-11 and uh, um, uh, internet porn and all of these things come out that are created a culture of what he, I think, deemed them the... um, Armageddon or the, not Armageddonist, but, uh, there was some word he used to describe them. You'll hear it at the beginning, but there's a, there's a, a thing about people in their twenties right now and early thirties. So think about kids being born now, right? They're, they're being born into a world without a political structure, or at least not the one that we've had in America. A crumbling structure. A crumbling, crumbling. structure, right? Yeah, and we yeah. don't know what it's going to we, yeah. We're, you know, like, like my dad said the other day, like he's 71 and he's, 
he's never felt this kind of scaredness because uh, it's that scary because it's unraveling that dramatically right now with what we just saw at, at the debate stage. And so this is going to shape the minds of children being born now. And that's who we will call the Pluto and Capricorn children. And they'll probably be the ones to rebuild it. And so there's a context there to think about when you're listening to this episode, just what the children born between 1983, 84, roughly, and 1994, roughly, look at your charts if you're on the cusp, but, but what they were seeing in their collective consciousness and how that's shaped their generation and what they're here to, to do. Um, and before we actually get into the episode, I just want to mention very quickly, uh, it's back out, it's all over the internet again, this 13 sign nonsense please, it is absurd. It's ridiculous. We don't have the time to talk about it today. I encourage you all to go listen to Chris Brennan's The Astrology Podcast. He has uh, our, our good friend Kelly Sutris on it as a guest in Austin Kopic. Uh, and they really dispel the myth very quickly. And, and he actually, Chris goes into why this got popular in the last month. Uh, this is not the first time astrologers have heard about this. I certainly won't be the last. There's a reason we only have 12 constellations. There's a reason we don't uh, look at Ophikius or whatever, whatever. his name is. Yeah. Um, and we will not change it. There will not be a 13th sign. You are the same sun sign you were, and you will always be that. There is reasons for it. There's mathematical equations for it. It's all based on seasons. It has nothing to do with actual uh, constellations, uh, a little bit. But uh, listen to that podcast if you want that dispel to dispel that myth in your mind. So you're not freaking out that your whole identity has changed. It hasn't changed. If you are a Sagittarius, you are a Sagittarius and so on and so forth. So I just wanted to yes. make sure I threw that out there as well. Yes. Thank you for that. And, um, I just wanted to return to two things that you mentioned. Um, Please. cause yeah. I actually looked back at, you know, Pluto and Scorpio just slightly. And I was like, Oh my God, my husband was born in that generation. Yeah. And, and a lot of people I know actually were mm -hmm. born in that generation and they don't, I don't want to generalize and say that like all of the people who were born in this generation are going to have these characteristics within them where they're going to exhibit a darkness or something like that because Scorpio also, um, brings with it. And I, I, we may have touched upon this a little bit, but I, you know, something to consider too, is that Scorpio brings a depth and an ability to really, um, become intimate um, on a really deep, beautiful level Absolutely. and transform, you know, energy from that place. And then the second thing I wanted to say is with the awareness that we have of, of what's going on in the world and the fear that we're all experiencing right now, I encourage you all to ride the razor's edge between fear and excitement because yeah. they, they live so close together. And if you can just tilt yourself in the side of, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen, but I am excited because change is like going to be just new. Like yeah. it's a new experience. So, you know, if we can all collectively kind of get into that vibe of like, well, I'm curious to see what's going to happen. And of course I've mentioned this before, like turn that worry into wonder. I wonder what's going to happen. Like, and be more open to that. I think that that will help, um, kind of dissolve some of that edginess that everybody feels and also that, um, you know, closed off kind of energy that people feel when they're afraid mm -hmm. people shut down and, and start, you know, protecting themselves from others. So stay open, stay curious and be excited. Yes. Yay. And, and, you know, hug your brothers and sisters because 
it it doesn't matter who you're going to vote for. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't. Like we are yeah. we are living together. We're a breathing organism. There is a reason people support Trump and there is a reason su- people support Hillary. There's a reason people don't support anyone. There's a reason for everyone's political affiliation. Everybody has their own experiences. I truly don't believe one person is right or wrong. And if we start getting into these battles with each other on the internet about this, which could happen, uh, please remember everybody's side is valid. Everybody is in the same consciousness. We're all feeling this. Like Danny said, we're all a little worried, but we could all turn it into wonder. And what would it be like to like, like myself, I'm surrounded by conservatives and libertarians and things of that nature. And I go have a beer with them because they're my neighbor. It doesn't matter that they have Trump on their house. They're still my neighbor. And when like my water gets shut down because maybe it freezes or if, you know, my dog dies or whatever, they come because they're my neighbor. It doesn't matter the political affiliation. So I just want people to also remember that. And that's why I kind of mentioned that in the beginning. We're all ready for a change. We're ready to get back to the earth. We're ready for a healthy, wholesome life. Um, So, yes, uh, love each other. Um, It's it's silly to hate each other right now. It's uh, silly. So um, even though it's tempting, I think, for a lot of people. So, yes. Anyway, yes. Okay, so uh, li- yes, listen along, everyone. Enjoy uh, Tim, Timothy Hall- Halloran. He's awesome, super, super cool dude. He'll give you his information on the episode, and we hope you all enjoy this. Uh, and, and, of course, we're putting this out because Venus has now moved into Scorpio, so we thought this would be appropriate because uh, Venus has changed her relationship in the sky from Libra to Scorpio. <laughs> Bird. So, uh, enjoy everybody. Enjoy. Here we are. We have our guest today and we're excited to chat with you a little bit about the topic of Pluto in Scorpio. So Eugenia, would you like to introduce our guest today? I would be truly honored to be able to introduce our guest today. Uh, I met Timothy through New Paradigm Astrology Community through Kaipacha's uh, online astrology community. And Timothy is on the Dream Team with myself and a few others. And and we worked hard to finally meet on the interwebs and actually get to know one, one another and other Dream Team members. And we had a really, really amazing conversation when we met. And it, it went a really different direction than I had expected. But it really got deep into the Pluto Scorpio generation. And that is what we'll be discussing today. And Timothy being a Pluto Scorpio generation kind of guy, uh, I'm really excited to bring him on the show to talk about his experience and the work that he's been doing with this. And then just to really start to reveal what Pluto Scorpio really means and to bring these topics that we're not supposed to talk about onto a public platform and start talking about them because that is the medicine of the Pluto Scorpio generation. So 
uh, that's kind of how we met. That's how we got to know each other. I, I think what he does is really cool. He has amazing videos that he does on the particular astrological alignments. We can talk more about that because uh, sometimes they're weekly, but I, I want to get that information more from him. And it's really interesting because he is Rasa Leela Healing is what he uh, you can find him on. And, and Timothy will have you say more. But my dog's name was Rasa. So it's just a really interesting synchronicity and it's really amazing. So I, I'm going to go ahead and shut up. Uh, so without any further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest, uh, Timothy Halloran. Uh, welcome to Bridging Realities, the podcast episode. Our podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Eugenia. Uh, thanks so much for that amazing introduction and for inviting me to speak with you guys. It's absolutely my pleasure. And yeah, I'm really interested in the, the subject matter too. So it's fun. Great. Well, why don't you tell us uh, before we get started where people can find you, how they can follow you and kind of what you're doing in the world of astrology these days? Sure. So I have a website. I'm on YouTube. Uh, the channel is Rosalila Healing. And I put out a bi-weekly astrology forecast that tends to focus on either the new or full moon. And I guess that's pretty much what brought me into the new paradigm community, too, is making those types of videos. Um, so, yeah, that's that's how you can find me online is, is usually through YouTube, uh, through those videos. Excellent. Excellent. So I say we just we dive on into this subject. What do you think, Danny? Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. Where do you want to start? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I guess let's uh, briefly try to establish Pluto and then Scorpio and then uh, go from there. Yeah. Yeah. So back to basics, everyone listened to it, but Pluto, God of the underworld, Scorpio is his homeland, uh, rules the underworld, but I'm going to let Danny kind of go with this and talk more um, to introduce those two subjects. All right. Well, um, I mean, my feeling with Pluto being, well, scientifically looked at as not a planet, which is really ironic considering that, um, I mean, what it represents in astrological terms as an archetype is the, as you said, the underworld, the shadow, the places in our psyche that we shove all the material that we don't want to deal deal with or don't want to look at. Um, so that includes kind of like, you know, the dark side of humanity and, and things that are, let's say taboo. Um, and it also incorporates things, big topics such as life and death, um, and transformation that, that cusp of being that it is at the end of our, or edge of our solar system, that it teaches us this lesson that, energy doesn't die. It just transforms because obviously the universe keeps going beyond Pluto. Thankfully, Uh, we have a lot of space out there. (laughs) And so Pluto as an archetype in astrology, you know, when we see it in a chart, um, it can show up as a place of power for people. Um, but usually through a form of, uh, like some, in my experience, anyway, some type of, of wounding actually that is, that needs to be transformed in a similar sort of way of Chiron, but not, the same at all. Um, but it is also kind of where the shadow place can lie for, for a person and the key to transform, transforming that shadow and kind of becoming a more whole person. And then in terms of its relationship to Scorpio, it being the modern ruler of Scorpio, because Mars is the, um, traditional ruler of Scorpio. Um, I think that this gives it even more an enhanced energy having Pluto in Scorpio. So it's kind of like, um, the archetype of, of Pluto 
on steroids or just enhanced or heightened. So um, we're looking at those themes like sex, death, uh, taboo, transformation. Um, what are what other things that I'm thinking of? You know, the archetype of the phoenix, the coming out of the fire. Um, also, uh, uh, kind of like the image of a volcano, stuff that we repress or don't want to deal with. Um, so rage and, um, all of that can fall into those two categories and anything else you want to add about that, Eugenia? Yeah. Well, just as a simple, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. This, oh, it's so rich. Pluto is like the best. Yeah. So it's really great. I'm glad you brought up the the part about him getting debunked as a planet because when he was found was during a very, very transformational time in human history, we were in kind of sandwiched between wars and, and we were, you know, having dust bowls and depressions and it was a really, really transformative time on earth when he was discovered and named by a young girl who won a contest. Uh, and she thought Pluto was an interesting story she was reading in school. Uh, so, you know, we just put these things together as astrologers. And then of course he gets debunked during the Bush administration. And that's really important and significant in understanding his archetype, because like you said, Pluto does represent kind of stuff that not only we don't want to look at, but in some cases we can't, it's so deep in our chart because it's very much our genetics. It's our, it's, 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 uh, the family we're born into. It's the, uh, it's, it's the inherited stuff that we get from without even really thinking about, like, for example, I'm very tall. That is something I inherited. I didn't really have a choice in that. And of course my Pluto's in the fifth. And so there's, there's things that are, they're so deep. You can't even touch them, but yeah, he gets debunked during the Bush administration when we were all, not that we hadn't been before, but I think we were all really like, what's really going on in government? We're being lied to. We, we don't really know what's going on. What's this weapons of mass destruction thing? Are we in war? We've just been attacked by terrorists. Was it terrorists? What's happening here? Who can we trust? And all of a sudden, we dismiss him as a planet around that same same period of, of history. So it is. It's it's. We notice that oftentimes, both collectively, the Pluto stuff we don't want to look at, but then personally, we, we oftentimes might have a hard time looking at our own personal Pluto because it's so deep, it's so telling, and it can have a lot of wounds involved. And I'm sure Timothy will bring more of the evolutionary astrology aspect into it because that is essentially the crucible or the foundation of evolutionary astrology is Pluto. And we'll talk more about that. But right, so I think it's great that you brought that up. And right, he's in his home hometown when he's in Scorpio because he rules that. <laughs> in his neighborhood. Right. And so, yeah. you know, ultimately, if you take it into a little, a broader spectrum, it is it is sex, death, and money. It's the, the things we do not talk about is Scorpio. It's the stuff that literally is the root of all civilization and all of humanity, right? We're driven by sex. We're driven by money. And we're driven by mortality, Right. These are the things that drive us. And we, of course, don't talk about them. But of course, when Pluto moved into Scorpio, a whole a whopping generation of people were born and they're really changing that. 
And I do want to mention, too, before we get a little bit further into it, I'm sure we'll bring more into it, but astrologers, for the most part, perhaps there's some who don't, but really we consider wherever Pluto is in the sky when a cluster of people is born because he's very, very far out there. He takes, I believe, 240 years to rotate fully around the sun. So he And he's in this kind of infrequent orbit because he... he um, rolls on a oval rather than a perfect sphere like the planets because uh, he's a dwarf planet now. Uh, so he goes through these signs at really different rates, but wherever, however long he is in a particular sign, in a particular constellation, we say that that is a generation. So it can be like you know, 15 years, it can be 20 years. Uh, so for example, Danny and I are Libra generation kids being born now are are Capricorn generation because Pluto is currently in Capricorn. And then there is the Pluto Scorpio generation. So I'm going to shut up now, Timothy. Uh, I hope uh, (laughs) I've left enough room for you to talk. Uh, That's the foundation piece maybe to give to the listeners, but let's go for it. Let's see what else we can talk about. Okay, so we're still talking about Pluto? Yes. (laughs) Okay, so uh, Pluto is the unconsciousness. And the unconsciousness is the whole of all of our past memories and experiences, obviously, that we're not aware of. So these things can extend through many innumerable past lives as well. So wherever Pluto is in the natal chart, for example, is a part of ourself that is deeply unconsciously embedded And it's often a part of nature that we have experienced through many, many lifetimes. And so we unconsciously identify with wherever that uh, Pluto placement is. Now, as you mentioned, since it's about 20 years for Pluto to transit one zodiac sign, the house position of Pluto is always really important in the natal chart to get an idea of that very powerful part of yourself. Like you said, it's like everything that gets swept under the rug. And, uh, you know, this, this takes up space in our unconsciousness. So the unconsciousness is the majority of the iceberg beneath the water. And it's really important to understand Pluto, uh, your own Pluto placement in your chart, for example, because that's how you become self-aware, is by becoming aware of the majority of the iceberg beneath the water. And until we do, as individuals, become aware of our own unconsciousness, we are controlled by our unconsciousness because we're not aware of the dynamics that are going on beneath the surface. So Pluto is a critically important planet in astrology, uh, you know, irrelevant of what it's classified. It's always going to be a really powerful place of transformation and also representing uh, the totality of the soul's unconsciousness. Uh, and so Pluto and Scorpio also represents uh sort of the transcendental nature of the soul that really evolves through cataclysm, transformation, uh, and really goes beyond pleasure and pain experiences. It's really this fusion reactor coming into contact with reality. And this is what Scorpio and Pluto also represents is reality because our unconsciousness is reality. And so being made aware of the total reality is uh, the function of Pluto and Scorpio. Oh my God. Well said. Love it. Thank you for putting words to my very (laughs) just jointed thoughts just there that I shared. Very well said. Oh yeah. It's all good. It's all, you know, that's the beauty of astrology is there's so many innumerable levels that are all true. So yeah, it's all good stuff. 
Beautiful. So let's start talking then about the Pluto Scorpio generation and what, what is the evolutionary intention of this generation? And what's great about these generations in astrology is you can actually name the events that shape the consciousness of a generation of people. So it's, you know, there's the spiritual aspect to it. And then there's like the actual aspect of it, right? That, uh, that even though you're, you know, a few years younger, well, quite a few younger years younger than Dan, Danny and I, you have such a different life experience because of cultural significant changes that happened from the time that we were children to the time that you were a child and then other people in your generation. And so let's kind of start diving in. And I don't even know where to start, Timothy. Uh, Should we start with sex? Should we start with death? Or should we start with money? (laughs) Um, Yeah, what's most relevant? You know, I would say it would be a good place to start with this Pluto and Scorpio generation being an apocalypse generation. Mm, and it does come totally. from all, yeah, it comes from different angles. It does come from culture in terms of sex and violence being very prevalent in mainstream culture. Mm-hmm. And it's also the experiences that uh, many of us lived through when we were young, uh, such as the 9-11 terrorist attacks mm-hmm. and these types of experiences happening from an early age. And so, Uh, I feel this generation of souls has a lot to do with that sense of there being sort of, uh, you know, living in an apocalypse, uh, you know, not really uh, any longativity or security, uh, it being the opposite. Again, you know, Scorpio is the zodiac sign of tumultuousness and transformation. So it's like we kind of come in to this world that very much appears that way. And I think it does begin from the ground up, uh, particularly the type of cultural uh, entertainment and things that were taking off during that time as well, Mm -hmm. have a very dark uh, macabre type of feeling to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. We can, you know, we can talk about even Columbine, right? That's such a big one. I was still in high school when Columbine happened, but I was on my way out of high school. So at the time, it was an anomaly. It was an aberration. It was, wow, these two guys just went into a school and killed a bunch of people. It was, when I was in high school, I think we were still in shock at the time. And so it wasn't even... It didn't create a huge, it created a huge impact, but not like somebody who was in middle school or elementary school who was seeing this and then started to see it more, right? And and the two guys who walked into Columbine High School here in Colorado, in fact, this is a town really close to the one I was going to high school in. I knew people in that school and uh they were they were the beginning of the Pluto Scorpio generation. They're right on the cusp of Pluto Libra, but they they were introducing what would become right the the sensory feedback that would shape a generation. So, right, I love it is it's a fairly apocalyptic kind of thing. You really have to think of somebody who is formulating their thoughts and beliefs about the world at a young age, and all of a sudden. The belief is one of my classmates might kill me. That's that wouldn't have that ever happened before. Right. And certainly not in Never. American history. Never. 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 
I was never my experience ever. Never. Right. Right. Because you were in college by then, right? Yep. I don't even really remember that. I mean, I do, but I don't have the same sort of vivid memory as I do of like 9-11 because I was in New York. But, you know, um, yeah, I don't I, I can't even imagine or fathom the kind of impact that might have had on students, mm-hmm. kids. Yeah, well, yeah. How old were you when that happened, Timothy? 9-11, I was in middle school. Right. I was in sixth grade. Wow. Uh, yeah, and my Pluto's at 15 degrees, so I'm right in the middle of the Pluto-Scorpio generation. Really and I can are. also remember uh, coming in right around the time of the Timothy McVeigh mm-hmm. bombings, and then obviously being named Timothy, that had an effect on me. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and, you know, obviously these types of, um, you know, occurrences aren't rare throughout uh, history, but there does seem to be some correlation to that type of, you know, it's like particularly with 9-11, there was all this conspiracy around mm-hmm. it too. So there's this sense of distrust mm-hmm. uh, and then, you know, the terrorist attack is, you know, it's this time of war. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting because when it comes to the Pluto generational stuff, uh, you know, it's like the beauty of astrology is in recognizing the patterns that are essentially everything that are always weaving in, in and out of various dimensions. So it's like our own past lives sort of get summarized to us early on in this life in a funny way of allowing us to begin where we last left off. And so when Pluto's transiting a sign, you see those experiences going on in the world and that's synchronistically lining up with those souls coming into the world at that same time that have had many innumerable lifetimes along those same lines of similar experiences. Yeah, and we we talked about this, but if if you do think about it, a lot of kids born at this time, if if this is possible, we die and we're reborn, which most astrologers believe in some form of reincarnation. But you, your generation would have been during Hitler Germany in the previous life. We talked a little bit about that, or at least during that era of, of uh, that was also relatively dark, you know, a different kind of dark. But we talked about, wow, could that could that have something to do with it? I, I don't know. I just think that's a really interesting thought. Uh, whereas Danny and I's generation came in from a different flavor, possibly at the time. So, uh, you know, it's speculation. Who knows? But I thought that was a really interesting thing we had talked about when we first spoke about this, Timothy. Yeah, I think that is a possibility. And I think what can be assumed is that at least that type of experience, uh, the very confined, very intense you know, th- this is partly what the the Pluto and Scorpio souls can have in their past. Is obviously Pluto and Scorpio is uh, war and bloodshed and transformation. You know, it's again, it's tumultuousness, which at the end of the day isn't really bad, even though it gets a very right. bad reputation. And I think you could even say, you know, hell. But what hell is isn't what many people assign it. It's really, again, this fusion reactor of change and transformation. When you go through a a period of extreme intensity, like you lose people that you love or something devastating happens, that's really cataclysmic evolution. And in some way, shape, or form, it does change us in a very powerful, big way, even if it does require a lot of healing uh, and mending of wounds. And so there's kind of like a war veteran vibe 
vibe that I think goes along with the Pluto and Scorpio generation uh, in terms of skulls who have lived through those types of experiences and then, of course, have come out on the other end and as survivors. And so there's that kind of maturity. And I think also because we're talking about Pluto, which is, again, the unconsciousness we unconsciously expect those types of experiences to continue repeating. And I think that's one of the greatest dangers uh, that is there for my generation, is that we unconsciously expect tumultuousness, war. And this is also sexuality with sexual drama being involved in so many partners and so much drama, that type of tumultuousness. It's like we are actually comfortable there as a generation of souls. We just expect that type of tumultuousness to continue repeating forever. And that's something to be really, you know, watching out for because I see many souls uh, around my age that have that kind of unconscious belief that, oh, this is just the end of the world. Everything's going to mm -hmm. shit. Everything's always this crazy. And so it doesn't really matter. So sleep whoever with whoever you want to sleep with mm. and do as many drugs as you can possibly do because, mm. you, you know, you're not going to be around the next day anyway. So just live it up now. <laughs> and I think that's kind of what unconsciously comes out of many lifetimes in the tumblers. You just kind of give up and be just like, well, I guess hell is just how life is. And so there's like this almost addiction to intensity that can also mm -hmm. be there with the Pluto and Scorpio generation. And that interestingly enough gets reflected in some of our choices of music and fashion and those types of things. And so it's like when I talked to you the first time, Eugenie, I brought up dubstep music right. because, you know, it's like music is such a, you know, it's such a powerful way of describing any type of energy, any type of feeling. And this dubstep music is so intense. It's so chaotic. It has this feeling like there's a buildup that's happening. Oh, there's going to be a buildup. Oh, it's going to happen <laughs> next. And it just keeps building up and it just keeps building up and it just keeps building up. And like, that's like the Scorpio energy encapsulated in music. It's like a living haunted house. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's really interesting with that type of dubstep music uh, because people really like it. It's comfortable to them, but it really has that feeling of intensity and like a constant buildup. And, uh, you know, it's like people get excited by it. They want to be scared. They want to have adrenaline rushing through them. Because, again, this, these are circumstances that we may uh, have become comfortable with. It makes us feel alive, you know. Right. Yeah. You know, actually, I wonder if um, and I, I worked with a couple of clients in this generation. And I totally agree with you about the intensity part. And almost like living on the razor's edge of like life and death, like putting themselves in situations where, um, the possibility of death is imminent, you know, like taking super crazy risks or the whole feeling piece of, you know, the, um, this didn't really exist when I was going through school, but it was more, I was more of like the generation of, uh, like anorexia and bulimia and eating disorders, but the cutting thing, I feel like, is really kind of a more new expression of, you know, just self-mutilation has been yeah. so big in that generation. And I wonder if, um, you know, that's part of it, of like the whole need to feel something um, so intensely and, and to almost be co-creating that process, like that whole kind of God complex of like, you know, I can both control because I think Pluto also plays a big role in our relationship with control in a different way than Saturn, but uh, kind of in that power, you know, dynamic. Um, 
so I don't know, has that been your experience for either of you in working with clients in that generation specifically? Yeah, I, I think that can be a sort of an unfortunate byproduct of, uh, you know, coming out of that, that type of apocalypse feeling, you know, there can be just like, oh, well, I guess this is just how life is, or I did something very wrong. And so I deserve this type of punishment. And again, because Pluto is completely unconscious to people, people don't even realize that these types of inner dynamics are going on. And so I think that you're right. I think that, uh, you know, it's like tattooing and, and body piercing and, and, uh, you know, these types types of things, they can be totally healthy, they can be very symbolic, and that's another um, quality of Scorpio and Pluto is symbolism, um, but at the same time, it can also be unconsciously masochistic, like, oh, I need to feel pain in order to feel alive, um, which is, again, this unfortunate byproduct of, uh, you know, lifetimes of difficult experiences, and then becoming unconsciously attached to those experiences, because the way life works is we just unconsciously attach to the things that are familiar to us. And so it's very interesting with Pluto and Scorpio because typically people are afraid of the unknown. They're afraid of Scorpio. And then it's like my generation is like addicted to the mysterious, the unknown, the powerful, that is what is familiar to us. So like we have this propensity of being stuck in that kind of, you know, turbine tumultuousness, because that is what's familiar to us. And so we're generationally have the evolutionary intention of like, well, no, we need to chill out. Like we need peace. We need serenity. We need stability. We're, we're supposed to be creating stability in a world that does not have any. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of the actual evolutionary intention is that we have evolutionary intentions for our own generations. And so these souls of Pluto and Scorpio, we've come through these types of experiences, which has made us very powerful. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. when you go through life and death circumstances, you do sort of transcend beyond really caring about the little mundane things going on in life and who approves and who doesn't, you know, there's Mm -hmm. kind of a badass uh, type of, you know, power that comes along with that. And so it's like, we as a generation, we're here to shake things up. We are here to challenge authority. We're here to destroy the old systems and the old structures. But simultaneously, we're not supposed to just get stuck in that turbine of transformation. We're supposed to take down the things that don't work coming into this life with that type of power and confidence. But then we're also supposed to be making way for hopefully some peace and some stability for ourselves and for future generations to come as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that that's the potential inherent in that. It's almost like drawing on the, you know, opposite sign of Taurus and really pulling that kind of, you know, creating yeah, a right. new version of security. Um, because I think that the real beauty in Pluto is the gift of rebirth and that something new, entirely new can be created out of it. And I think that this is where that, you know, inheritance piece comes in with the DNA. It's like, how are we changing our DNA? How are we changing our relationship to the things that we normally have set aside and not wanted to deal with? You know, how can we engage with them more, which is what your generation is doing, like really bringing things up to the surface to look, be looked at. Um, even in the sense of like horror films and stuff, which do not appeal to me in the slightest, but like, you know, I know that there are people who like really jive off of a scary thriller or like gory movie. And 
you know, at um, the one hand, I'm like, ew, why? But on the other hand, I'm like, yeah, because that really does exist like in us, you know, as, as Mm -hmm. just a, an energy. So I think it's really beautiful and, and it'll be interesting to see how you work with that and what comes out of it. Like what is reborn from, you know, what, we see and, and, you know, after seeing all of this muck and, and mire, like, you know, what's the beauty underneath it? Yeah. And, you know, with Pluto and Scorpio, there is always that attraction repulsion dynamic. And so it is interesting with like the horror movies and haunted houses, which I, by the way, I'm also equally repelled by those things, but some people are really drawn to them. And I think that can happen for a number of reasons. And one of them can be an unconscious draw, like, oh, there's something in this area that typically we wouldn't want to look at, but there's something there. And so I remember talking to Eugenia too about how, uh, you know, it's like Game of Thrones, uh, these shows that are very, very popular these days that are also extremely dark. And it's like, why are so many people attracted to these things? Well, in that show, there are themes that are very, very deep, such as the, the prejudice against women, against sexuality, how, you know, hierarchies became perverted and powers became corrupted and and tortured and destroyed people. And it's like, well, these really dark themes are critically relevant to us as a species. And so we have to go into the darkness. We have to go and confront some of these issues in order to understand ourselves. It's like, why would someone be so attracted to a horror movie or a haunted house? There has to be reasons for that. And, you know, maybe it could be because someone is an adrenaline junkie. There is no one size fits all as to why. But I think for some other people, there can be unconscious reasons why we are drawn back to these places that are not very comfortable by nature. And there might be something that's there. Why do we like horror movies? I think they're really boring. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing going on. So there's, there's some kind of dynamic that's, that's happening there that, that attracts people. And, um, yeah, I think some people like the haunted house too. They like that feeling of having the adrenaline and that life sort of forced out of them. But, you know, it, it gets very interesting too. Like uh, me and Eugenia were talking about uh, sexual fetishes and it's like, why are we drawn to particular fetishes? Why are we attracted to particular things? This is another Scorpio, Pluto beneath the surface having to do largely with the unconsciousness, having largely to do with our own past lives, why these types of dynamics happen, as well as the suppression of sexuality throughout many, many thousands of years can lead up to that type of buildup of sexual energy, fetishizing certain things. And so it it goes really deep. Why are we so attracted to these sort of strange and macabre areas of life? And I think that many of us haven't finished that endeavor of really diving into these places and figuring out why are we this way? Why is our human consciousness evolving in this way for these dynamics to exist. Um, and I think that's still an exploration that's that's very much going on. And it's less about right or wrong or morals than it has to do with really understanding these unconscious dynamics, how they play out in us. And at the end of the day, I think we're going to see how it has a lot to do with the suppression of sexuality and femininity 
and the divine feminine uh, as it's been going on for thousands and thousands of years. And so again, Pluto and Scorpio, the unconsciousness is like this pressure cooker of all this stuff that gets swept under the rug for lifetimes, just kind of, you know, seeds and bubbles and chemical reactions happen. And so this whole world of sex, unconsciousness, death, uh, horror, torture, you know, these are areas that we're attracted to for very good reason to resolve these dynamics that are existing in our collective unconsciousness. Yes, 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 yes. I have so much to say. Oh my God. Yes. You're yes. This is all so juicy. My goodness. Yes. So I, I really want to get into sex, especially because Venus is in Scorpio when we post this episode. So there's a really neat aspect there that Venus is moving into Scorpio. And I'm really happy you brought in Halloween because I want people to just realize that when we are in the season of Scorpio, so if you are a sun sign Scorpio, you're literally having your birthday around Halloween. It's the time of year that we celebrate the underworld. I mean, the plants are dying. It's dark outside. This is the feeling of Scorpio. And so this is, yes, I'm glad you brought Halloween in because that's literally what's happening when we're in that season. Um, And before we get into to the sex piece, because I think it's so appropriate as Venus is now in Scorpio. Uh, I'd like to just say quickly, so I've done a a lot of hospice work in my life and I, I've worked with much of the the Virgo generation and the Leos and beyond, of course, but I I work primarily with the Virgo generation in general because um, I don't know why, uh, because they have a lot of shame and guilt that they're dealing with and they need help. And I'm here to, to burn that and help, help with that. But, uh, I cannot tell you how many times I've been on at the deathbed of a parent or anyone, anything. I've, I've been at so many deathbeds in my life because I, I have Pisces in the 10th. I like doing that type of work. I like the spiritual work. I like that. And I cannot believe how ill prepared people are for death. It's so Mm, mind blowing. Like this is your parent. You knew that they were going to die, right? Like, like you knew they were going to die. You had to have known that you had to have known that since you were a kid. Did nobody tell you Like you know, and this is in some cases, this is people at like 90 and the children are there oftentimes the Virgo, which I want to bring in really quickly, but there's no preparation for it. So there's no emotional preparation for the death. And then there's no actual preparation. So then the people die and the, the children, the adult children are standing around like, now what do I do? And I say, well, you need to, okay, there's credit cards. There's the, their accounts. There is a funeral. There's a memorial. There's an obituary. There's all of these things. And they're just speechless. Right. And that's where hospice comes in is, they can help assist with that. But the thing that just kills me about doing the hospice work, the part that bothers me the most and the part that I talk about with so many people is, why are we not talking about this? Like, you definitely know everything you will meet will die. Definitely. Definitely it will die. Like, there is no way around that. Your your family members, your children, your pets, your loved ones, your car, your job, your knees will give out at some point. I mean, everything will come to a completion. <laughs> we don't talk about it. So I just want to throw that out there because... I love the Scorpio generation for this reason, because when somebody goes into a club 
Saturn return, Pluto, Scorpio, and shoots a bunch of people. Yes, it's it's a challenging to think about and it's sad, but thank God because it makes us think, oh, if I go into a club, maybe I could die. And it doesn't, you know, the suspicion and that you're talking about that the generation is saturated and is unfortunate because the chances you're going to die going into a movie theater are very small or into a club or into a school are very small. Yet your generation is fairly suspicious of that 24 hours a day because of the clients I work with. I know it's, a, it's, a, it's there. But, but nevertheless, it's good to just think for those of us who aren't Pluto generation, like I could die today. That's a good thing to think about, in my opinion. It's not morbid. It's not sad. It's not depressing. It gives you freedom. Like, I might die today, so what am I going to do today? Like, how do I want to make sure I ensure that today was fulfilling and I was vulnerable and I told the people I loved I loved them and I kissed them hard and I hugged them hard because I know one day they won't be there. That's what you guys are making us all as a gen- as all the older generations. That's what you make. That's what we're trying to get us to think about. And so another thing I just want to mention with the Virgo generation, because with Virgo, it's a very perfecting and it's very um, of the earth and things of this nature. But uh, they're the antithesis of Pisces and we're coming out of the age of Pisces. And so there is this, there's spirituality and then there's the guilt and shame. There's the religious wounding aspect of it. But the Virgo generation had a really hard time letting you guys bleed. And so they kept you indoors to play the games. They kept you indoors on the internet. They kept you in, because there was such a fear with the Pluto Virgo generations. I'm generalizing, but whatever. I feel strongly about this because of my clients. And so you guys really didn't get to bleed. You didn't get to have these experiences that the other generations prior to you did when we would let kids just go out and play in the street and bump down, uh, fall down, bump on their knee, have blood, things of this nature. So instead, a generation of kids was shooting people without actual blood occurring in these virtual reality games. And then, of course, there's sex. And you're the first generation who ever had access to Internet porn in your youth. And so that's something I really want to get into. Uh, But I had to throw that piece in about the death before we went into the sex. Um, So uh, that's what I have to say. Yeah. And again, you know, Scorpio and Pluto is union and separation. So death is a separation. And it's interesting, too, how afraid we are pretty much globally, but particularly culturally, we're afraid of death. Uh, And that really, I think, results from thousands and thousands of years that have lost touch with the feminine essence. Uh, Scorpio being a feminine sign, change is always happening. Uh, We were taught that reincarnation isn't real. You're supposed to believe this set of things, and then maybe you'll earn your way into heaven for eternity. And so we've lost the flow of life. (laughs) Uh, which is nature. So we don't trust nature anymore. And so Scorpio scares us, of course, because it is nature in its most, you know, powerful form, you know, Kali Ma. So yeah, it's, 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 that's a very interesting dynamic. And then what you mentioned about the, the Pluto Virgo generation raising the Pluto Scorpio generation, it's, you know, the Virgo generation had the evolutionary intention of Pisces, which is just like chill out and go with the flow because they're coming from lifetimes of high, standards and social obligations and so what happens is the virgo 
Pluto generations uh, put all of these high standards and its moral obligations, you know, you're supposed to do things the right way, uh, was sort of loading the spring of the Pluto Scorpio generation in terms of sexuality, taboos, drugs. It's like the more taboo you make something, the more paradoxically attractive it becomes. Totally, totally. And that's what mm -hmm. a lot of my generation has dealt with, is that all of these no-no things are the things that we are, of course, very attracted to and exploring <laughs> all these things that our parents said not to do. We said, yeah, fuck that. We're going to do them anyways. And so uh, that's, that's uh, so much what leads into the obsessiveness and the addictions, uh, the sexual addiction, the drug addiction, you know, these are very possible outcomes, again, of this sort of apocalypse generation and having parents that were very strict and, and moral. And then, yeah, like you said, internet pornography was introduced, you know, my generation, and it was practically a standard in terms of what sex was, because our parents, the Pluto and Virgo generation, they just taught us that sex was bad. They didn't actually right. teach us right. how to have healthy sex, or even if that's acceptable, it was just no, it was banned. And so we learned about sex through porn. And that obviously created a whole, you know, boatload of issues in itself, because now we're further separated from nature, which is, again, the age that we're coming out of is the separation from nature. So we're afraid of sex, we're afraid of death and all those things. And they really go hand in hand, too. It's all the feminine, you know? Right. Yeah, we, are, yeah, we, create, we through create through sex, sex and we can destroy through it, too. Yeah. And mm -hmm. and right. And I think when I when I work with the Virgo uh, clients in some cases not always but they were raised by the cancer people and that's the depression and so there's this you know they're coming out of the great depression and they're coming out of also a foundational breakdown of the age of pisces you know that the age of pisces is ending clearly i mean there's not there is still religion but it does not have the hold on the society as it did it's still there it's still strong but it's breaking down and it's almost as if the virgo generation like you said they have such they're like this pinnacle this game changer or this bridge into the age of aquarius i really see them as and their work is like you said it's really to go pisces is really to let go like it doesn't have to be perfect fuck you know and also you have to think about their minds too when they were coming of age was during the hippie revolution the leo generation and the world was falling apart around them i mean the president got assassinated uh martin luther king was shot dead uh vietnam all of these different things that the leos were really expressing and protesting and be getting on tv and making noise about but what we see in the mind of tra trauma minds so ptsd minds and i could i can only imagine what it must have been like in middle school and elementary school for those kids as they were watching the president and the leaders get 
killed and you know you know people being drafted off to war who didn't even want to go their minds are so over controlled because we see that when we experience trauma the mind often can go into control to try to control the environment because the environment is falling apart and so they have this this huge curriculum with control because both their parents were this depression people and they were very like mom and dad 2.5 kids And the world was falling apart around them because the Leos were breaking down that structure of cancer. So they're just trying to hold it together. And now as they're in their 50s and and now as their clients in my office, it's like, you got to let go. Like, fuck. Like, you got to let go. You know, for those of us who don't have strong Virgo, I have no Virgo in my chart, essentially. I have very little, and I'm not perfect at all. I fuck up all the time. I say bad words. I misspell. I have bad audio on my Skype. I, I, I make mistakes. I don't know where my keys are. I live. I survive. I'm fine, you know? But there's this piece, like, let go. And so the Scorpio kids, their kids are forcing them to find spirituality, that in the midst of the chaos of the, the death and the, the deep uh, nature of, of Scorpio is they have to learn to be okay with it, right? Go back to nature, go back to spirit. It's all good. It's all good. Like there's nothing wrong with the Pluto Scorpio generation. You know, they're working out their things. They're, they're, it's not evil. It's not, it's great. We have to talk about sex. We have to talk about death and money. So uh, I'm sorry. I'm very impassioned, obviously, about this subject. And I just wanted to say all of that. Um, in addition with the Virgo generation. so Yeah, and it is interesting mentioning all these uh, essentially feminine signs, you know, Cancer, Virgo, Scorpio, because these signs have become very, very distorted through so many thousands of years of patriarchy. And so uh, when we think of these signs, they're not even oftentimes the actual inherent nature that they are. So, right. you know, the, the Virgo generation is a very distorted Virgo, whereas, right. you know... It, Virgo is really about healing and medicine, mm. uh, not about being perfect necessarily, um, you know, and, and also, uh, you know, th- these are people that are coming from lifetimes of being humbled because they are coming from a patriarchal mm-hmm. time or they've had to hold a certain form. And so, yeah, there's a lot of misunderstanding about, I think, all of these areas. And, uh, you know, we are all collectively trying to sort of restore the understanding of what nature actually is. So like you said, we're not shocked when our parents die because that's the ebb and flow of life. Great point. Great point. Really good point. Um, oh God, I'm so charged up about this subject. And, you know, I know we're kind of getting to towards the end of the episode uh, and I feel like it would be kind of fun to have another episode on this because this is so rich, the Pluto Scorpio stuff. It's so, so, so rich. Um, but, you know, I'm wondering, uh, this is kind of a question. Uh, what do you guys think about money? Because <laughs> I don't, I, I, I have an idea, but I'm not sure. Like, what's your approach to money? What do you guys think about it? Because we talk about sex, death, and money with Scorpio, so... Or security, maybe. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not totally sure. That's an interesting question. I do think of gangsters and rappers that, you know, were pretty popular and are still very popular. And it's kind of like money is a symbol of power. 
I think that that can mm. be associated. Um, and so again, with the Taurus polarity, it's really, a, you know, our generation needs to understand that comfort and security is not necessarily the same thing as money or power. And uh, a lot of times, say, if you want to be super, super rich and powerful, like, you know, Mr. Flashy Gangster on MTV, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that, can, that can really overcomplicate your life. And so I think with sex and money, they very much tend to go together. It's like, if you're trying to have a million sexual partners or if you're trying to make a million dollars, you can oftentimes overcomplicate your life and suffer as a result. Whereas the polarity being Taurus, it's like, well, actual security and abundance can come very simply and it can come through a connection to nature. Just stick a seed in the earth and a plant comes up with hundreds of more seeds. You know, it's like there is a way to get into real security and abundance that's sort of different from the overly complicated snares that culture and society has set up many of us to think is the be all end all goal. Oh, I'm supposed to be a rich millionaire with 11 trophy wives, you know, and it's just like, that's not real security. And that's obviously really complicated and treacherous, I think, to approach that way. So I think my generation might have that image in mind, like that's what security is. And of course, it's just added chaos. Totally. That's interesting. It's interesting, too, how you're mentioning how inherently linked it is to sex. Because, you know, I when I think of our generation, Danny and I's generation, I think of Disney and rom-coms. I don't know. Is that well, Yeah, Libra. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Libra. I mean, yeah. it's just all, it's very, like, smushy. I mean, I have Venus and Cancer, so I'm also very, you know, just romance kind of lady. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. It's, it's not, uh, in that kind of darker right. way. Like sex for us, I think not having had the access to porn that you guys did or really us and anyone prior, right. This is like huge to have virtual reality sex for, oh, yeah. for coming of age, child, you know, children and adolescents. I mean, it's totally different, but we had, Prince Charming and the Princess, and we had uh, the rom coms and the situation comedies like Friends and things of that nature while we were coming of age. And so I think for us, sex is can be more about it can almost be less important than the actual romance, right? Like the actual, like we have this idea that we're supposed to meet the perfect person and that person will complete us. And it's supposed to yeah. look, you know, just very romantic. And then sex actually comes probably secondary to that for most people of our generation. So it's really interesting to hear you mention it linked to, to money because I don't think, I don't know, Danny. That's not a way I've really. Well, I think yeah. I think our generation also has a way of. I mean, from my perspective, even thinking of my own relationship to sex and relationships, it's like the sex piece can be there, but I crave the relationship in addition to it. Like I'm. Per, I mean, of course, personally, I can only speak for myself. Not a generation, a generational kind of piece about this, but um, the relational component and the connection has to be there in order for it to be really kind of a value and something that I'm going to put energy into, I guess. Um, or like, even if the sexual piece is going to be there, it's like, hopefully the end goal is a relationship of some sort, because I think there is this desire to 
in Libra and anyways is to merge. Whereas with Scorpio, it's kind of to transcend and maybe have like a different experience. Um, and actually, you know, I find Scorpio to be a very spiritual sign. Um, so there is that component too of the sexual experience that can be also, um, tantric in that way of, you know, kind of leaving the physical realm to be in a spiritual place. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's relevant, but, oh, in terms of the money piece. Yeah. I still think that that, I, I think that money and sex kind of fit in together in what you were speaking about, Timothy, like with the power piece, um, because money really does equal power in this world in the sense of when you have more of it, you can do more in the world. You can have a bigger influence. You can have a wider reach. And I think that a lot of people growing up in the, in the nineties, like during the Clinton administration, you know, when everything was like, Ooh, yeah, we've got money. Everything's like happening. Um, you know, Silicon Valley exploding and all that, that people kind of got into this, um, mindset that, that like, you know, there's no ceiling, there's no roof. Like you can just keep going and going. And the more you have, the better, the more powerful you can be, the more fame you can, you know, get from that. So I definitely see that they're linked. Um, and I think that our sense, our generational sense of money is more from maybe, you know, kind of how do we work in relationship to other people and like, get help from and support from other people. I don't know. That's just kind of a guess, but. Yeah, it has to do with mergence. You know, Scorpio is merging together. So it's like when you marry someone, your resources gets merged together. Uh, when right. you have sex with someone, your energy gets merged together. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to say that, you know, money equals power equals love. You know, I don't want it to get too murky, but that whole eighth house right, Scorpio right. area kind of covers that whole territory because Scorpio is when things get messy and things get entangled and things come together. It is that emergence, you know, it's like the actual physical union of sex is the Scorpio bit where I want my soul to merge as close as possible with the other ones. Uh, and so I think it's power in that kind of fusion reactor atoms being fused together generating a huge amount of power type of dynamic and i suppose that can play out in money as well uh, and you know it's funny as we're talking about this and we we all have a little less clarity about the money piece because money is so scorpionic i mean it's it's yeah. another thing we don't talk about, right? We don't talk about orgasms and blowjobs and we don't talk. Well, about... we definitely talk about that more than we do about yeah. people's we... relationship to money. Yeah. We talk about that here, don't we? Yeah, we do. It's yeah. funny. We talk more about the sex piece, right? We talk more about a little bit more about the death piece, but still like we don't talk about money and it's so scorpionic. And so when I, whenever I think about this generation and, and part of it too, is that so many of you are still in your twenties where there isn't that that financial stability yet, and it, it, it's just kind of curious what will happen as you all become grown full adults, you know, in your 40s and 50s, and and what that might do in terms of re of money, and also that the babies being born right now are Capricorn, you know, it's it's Pluto Capricorn babies, and we are having financial structure breakdowns and and things of this nature. So it'll be interesting to see how that does play out, and if that gets brought to the surface more with this generation as well. Here's my other piece on that, because we're talking about the eighth house is that I think it really does speak to this whole, um, like kind of like the dynamic there between the second and the eighth house of self-worth. 
And that's where the shame piece, I think, really comes in with money and why people don't talk about it. Um, and of course, things having to do with the eighth house or Scorpio are kind of like our secrets and things that we don't want to share, you know, with people, um, things that are of course, intimate to ourselves. And, you know, maybe we share with one or two other people, but there, I think is something kind of tied in with that as well. You know, of, uh, how much money we make says something about who we are as a person and our self-worth. Um, so something to chew on there with that. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, this is, this is a good topic. It's juicy. It's, I mean, that's the cool part about Pluto and Scorpio and we could do episodes on the different generations too, which I think would be nice. But with this one, I mean, there's no end here of the topics because I think people are, you know, and I'm right on the cusp. So I actually resonate with both generations, generations relatively well. Uh, but I think that for people who aren't Pluto Scorpio and when I'm coming from the Pluto Libra generation, I want to, I want to hear about it. You know, I want to talk about it because we certainly didn't have that kind of exposure. Like I want to talk about sex. I want to talk about money. I want to talk about death. And I think why I love working with this group of people is because it's, you guys just say it like, I can't, I can't believe the courage you all have when you come into my office to be really candid with your traumas and with your addictions and with your, you know, talk, talk topics around sex, uh, death and money. It's, it's, it's really endearing. And I think that I applaud you all, or I look up to you guys in some way because no other generation steps into my office and says, Hey, listen, I had this, you know, incestuous relationship with so-and-so and I need to work on it. Nobody else does that. Like no, not the Libras, not the Virgos, not the Leos. None of the people I work with are that forthright with their, with the dark parts of who they are. But then when, you know, my Pluto Scorpio clients come in, we go straight to the deeps, you know, we go straight down and we're like, let's talk about the stuff you're not supposed to talk about. And as a, you know, psychotherapist, astrologer, it's like, yeah, this is great. This is what I want to talk about, you know? So, um, anyway, anyway, any last thoughts from you, Timothy, as we wrap up this episode, I know we had meant to talk about other stuff, but I hope this has been a decent episode and a decent conversation, but, uh, anything you want to say as we wrap up? No, I, I thank you for the opportunity. I think that it's great just to, you know, talk about these things. And, you know, I, I, I think, again, it is the feminine signs that we're really trying to restore the proper understanding to. These are the earth and the element and the, the water signs. Now, honestly, all zodiac signs, I think we're always constantly evolving and improving our understanding of these things. But when it comes to the irrational murkiness of the water signs, for example, this is really understanding that hasn't been uh, really integrated for thousands and thousands of years. Rather, it's been repressed. Uh, it's like I even think of medieval drawings of where they would draw the zodiac signs on somebody's body, and they would just completely leave Scorpio out because it's just not, it's a no-no zone. You don't even right. talk about it. Right. And it's just it's just amazing because obviously that's where we're coming from. We're still kind of evolving from this place. And, uh, you know, so our, our generation is a little more comfortable by talking about these things. But it's really the entire collective still has very deeply ingrained in their unconsciousness fears and insecurities that have fundamentally to do with our connection to nature. 
and nothing else. It's just nature. And so we found all sorts of ways to kind of shove bits and pieces of nature underneath the rug. And in so doing, we've imprisoned ourselves. We've become afraid and paranoid for no reason whatsoever. And we live in an age now where many of these fears and paranoia rules over many people. They're controlled by these things. And so it's really important to be addressing these more uncomfortable subjects that are beneath the surface, because that's actually how we re-empower ourselves as a species, to be unafraid of nature, to reconnect with it in a way that we're not afraid of sex, we're not afraid of death, we go with the flow, with the ebb and flow of nature. And in that way, I think that, you know, uh, we're still trying to push the entire collective consciousness out of this place of being fragmented from our original nature. And so by talking about the things that people are afraid to talk about and bringing this stuff to the surface, I think that's some of the best work that we can do. And also along those lines, we have to understand that there's a lot of forgiveness, embracing, welcoming parts of nature back to ourself. You know, we're coming out of an era where Scorpio was, oh, it's all demons and it's demonic. And so we want to damn the demons, damn the parts of ourself that aren't understood, damn the parts of ourself that we don't comprehend. And in so doing that, we've created demons, we've created fears and paranoias that rule over us and control us. And so paradoxically, by confronting the darkness, by embracing the darkness, by saying to death, and fear, you are my friend, you're teaching me lessons. We actually uh, re-embrace the nature that we are and we become empowered in the type of transcendental way that Scorpio can really take us into, which is the power of our own souls, understanding that we are part and parcel of the creation. And there's not really actually anything out there that truly threatens us at the end of the day. Amen, <laughs> yes. Everything you, you guys are awesome. It's it's been awesome <laughs> talking with you guys. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I, I could talk about this stuff all day long. So yeah. please let me. Yeah, know. well, it's definitely your. It's like your. I don't know your 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 wheelhouse or whatever. Like I feel it in you that this, yeah. this is definitely your truth, and you really get it on such a, a beautiful level. I mean, I love the the piece about the natural world or just nat nature in general. I think is so key to this. So thank you for bringing that piece in, because I think that's really important. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, my that's pleasure. what happened when I met Timothy. I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like when I entered your vortex, even though it was in the virtual reality, I was like, I just want to go there. I just want to talk about this stuff, because it's the <laughs> other thing about it is you are an astrologer, and I would say, you know, quite well known at this point, and I'm, I would imagine you'll get better known. And you have a voice in the in the world of astrology and yes but the people who who have the voice in astrology are not Pluto Scorpio people that's just not what's going on like it is mostly leos still some virgos starting to be some libras right but you're one of the only Pluto Scorpio astrologers I know. And what we are doing here, I mean we're very unknown profession in general. And, you know, I'm, you know, adamant about changing that, but, but I think that, you know, I can't, this isn't the work I'm going to do primarily because I don't understand it, you know, and I can, I can hypothesize and generalize and think about it, but I, I wasn't a teenager or a, a middle schooler when I saw 
our country get attacked. And I wasn't in elementary school when I thought, oh my gosh, all my classmates are capable of killing me. So there's so many things, you know, I, and I wasn't an adolescent boy with access to infinite porn on the internet while I was masturbating. I mean, you guys have a mind your whole generation has a mind that I want to know about, but it, I, I, I'll never be able to know it because I didn't live it. And so I love that you are in this world. And I just, I, I love that there's a mouthpiece. Uh, Danny's used that term before, which I think is you, that you will talk about this stuff. And I think parents need to hear it. And all the generations need to hear this because it's shaping our culture. You guys are shaping our culture right now. So I'm so happy you're in the field. I'm so happy I met you. I'm so happy to have this conversation on the podcast and in private because I, I'm just inspired by it. And like I said to you in private, whatever I can do and maybe Danny to, could do to get this out there more and make sure that people are listening to you because you really understand it, the, the more that will benefit humanity, I think. So yeah. Anyway, I'm clearly very jazzed. I was jazzed the last time we talked. I'm jazzed again. <laughs> so. Well, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I feel a little bit like the the weather reporter in the hurricane, you know, yeah. like blowing around and being just like, yeah, it's really windy over here. <laughs> um, so, you know, trust me, I, I have not got this stuff completely figured sure, out. It's sure. it's all a part of my own evolutionary healing journey and work. So it, it's it's really a pleasure to be able to, I guess, uh, share my own experience live as it's going on. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's it's a part of my own healing journey as well. So it's it's a really a, a gift to be able to do this and share this. Mm, Great. Yeah, we'll have to check it in, in like a decade and see. Or, you know, obviously we can check in yeah. sooner, but it'd be really interesting to see how you look back on it, like, you know, and, and how Danny and I do with our own work and kind of what we talk about, what we're focused on. So anyway, oh, yeah. well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. I hope this has been yeah. interesting and revealing and helpful. That's the goal. So any last thoughts, Danny? Well, thank you guys. Thanks for putting the podcast out there and doing the good work that you do. Right thank back, you. Right Thanks for you. joining us. Yes. All right. And we'll, we'll talk to y'all next week. 